fat before. At the restaurant, I tell the waiters to call it prosciutto bianco, and by the time Mario had persuaded us to a third helping, everyone's heart was racing. Vitali was an impressively dedicated drinker. He mentioned in passing that on trips to Italy made with his babo co-owner, Joe Bastianich, the two of them had been known to put away a case of wine during an evening meal, and while I don't think that any of us drank anything like that, we were by now very thirsty. The lardo, the salt, the human heat of so much jollity, and, cheered on, found ourselves knocking back more and more. I don't know. I don't really remember. There were also the grappa and the nocino, and one of my last images is of Batale at three in the morning, a stoutly round man with his back dangerously arched, his eyes closed, a long red ponytail swinging rhythmically behind him, an unlit cigarette dangling from his mouth, his red converse high-tops pounding the floor, playing air guitar to Neil Young's Southern Man. Mitali was forty-one, and I remember thinking it had been a long time since I'd seen a grown man play air guitar. He then found the soundtrack for Buena Vista Social Club, tried to salsa with one of the women guests, who promptly fell over a sofa, moved on to her boyfriend, who was unresponsive, put on a Tom Waits CD instead, and sang along as he washed the dishes and swept the floor. He reminded me of an arrangement we'd made for the next day. When I'd invited Batali to dinner, he'd reciprocated by asking me to join him at a New York Giants football game, tickets courtesy of the commissioner of the NFL, who had just eaten at Babo, and then disappeared with three of my friends, assuring them that, with his back-of-the-hand knowledge of downtown establishments open until five, he'd find a place to continue the evening. They ended up at Mary Lou's in the village. In Batali's description, a wise-guy joint, where you can get anything at any time of night and none of it good. It was daylight when Batali got home. I learned this from his building superintendent the next morning as the two of us tried to get Batali to wake up. The commissioner's driver was waiting outside. When Batali finally appeared, forty-five minutes later, he was momentarily perplexed, standing in the doorway of his apartment in his underwear and wondering why I was there, too. Vitaly has a remarkable girth, and it was startling to see him clad so. Then, in minutes, he transformed himself into what I would come to know as the Vitaly look. The shorts, the clogs, the wraparound sunglasses, the red hair pulled back into its ponytail. One moment, a rotund Clark Kent in his underpants, the next, Molto Mario, the clever, many-layered name of his cooking television program, which, in one of its senses, literally means very Mario. That is, an intensified Mario, an exaggerated Mario. And a figure whose renown I didn't appreciate until, as guests of the commissioner, we were allowed onto the field before the game. Fans of the New York Giants are so famously brutish as to be cartoons, bare-chested on a wintry morning or wearing hard hats, in any case not guys putting in their domestic duty in the kitchen, and I was surprised by how many recognized the ponytailed chef, who stood facing them, arms crossed over his chest, beaming, "'Hey, Molto!' they shouted. "'What's cooking, Mario? Mario, make me a pasta!' At the time, Molto Mario was shown on afternoons on cable television, and I found a complex picture of the working metropolitan male emerging, one rushing home the moment his shift ended, to catch lessons in braising his broccoli rabe and getting just the right forked texture on his homemade orecchiette. I stood back with one of the security people, taking in the spectacle, 
By now members of the crowd were chanting, Molto, molto, molto. This very round man, whose manner and dress said, Dude, where's the party? I love this guy, the security man said. Just looking at him makes me hungry. Mario Batali is the most recognized chef in a city with more chefs than any other city in the world. In addition to Batali's television show and his appearances promoting, say, the NASCAR racetrack in Delaware, he was simply and energetically omnipresent. It would be safe to say that no New York chef ate more, drank more, and was out and about as much. If you live in New York City, you will see him eventually, sooner if your evenings get going around two in the morning. With his partner Joe, Batali also owned two other restaurants, Esca and Lupa, and a shop selling Italian wine, and when we met, they were talking about opening a pizzeria and buying a vineyard in Tuscany. But Babo was the heart.